Hey, you're listening to the Debt-Free CEO Podcast, where you'll learn ways to manage your finances in your personal or business life to set you on the path to debt-free and on to financial freedom. I'm Megan, your debt-free finance coach, former high school math teacher, now a debt-free entrepreneur. In 2021, I paid off $53,000 worth of debt in 12 months so that I could walk away from the classroom. Whether you're on the path to debt-free or looking for ways to manage your finances better, you're in the right place. Walking the path to financial freedom doesn't have to be lonely. We're in this together. Hey friends, welcome back. I am excited to talk to you today about debt, saving, and investing and in what order you should do them in. Because if you're anything like me, you feel like you have to do everything at once, which can be very overwhelming. So hopefully today's podcast can give you a little bit of clarity. Make sure to check out previous podcast episodes too, where I dive deeper into saving money and debt payoff strategies, because I'm not going to dive into those specifics today. So make sure you check out those podcast episodes where I dig deeper into those topics. Everything with money can be so overwhelming. Am I doing the right things in the right order? From somebody that has learned a lot in her financial journey, I want you to listen up and hear my personal advice on what to do when it comes to saving, investing, and paying off debt. And this is from my years of experience. This is from my expertise. This is from my strategic math brain. Before we get into it, though, I wanted to let you know I'm offering free 15-minute clarity calls with me to see if you and I would be a good fit together to see if I have a service that can help you on your financial journey. So if you are interested or if you've been curious about working together or curious to see if I can help you, go ahead and go to the show notes and click the link to book your free clarity call. And I apologize if I have the sniffles. I don't know if it's allergies or a head cold or what, but I am congested. So the first thing I want to talk about is debt. Saving, investing, or debt payoff. Unfortunately, it's really not that simple and it kind of depends on what debt you have and what your current financial situation is. I'm going to try and break it down as simply as I can. So get out a pen and a paper if you want to take some notes, that might be helpful. Anytime you have high consumer debt like credit cards, you're always going to want to pay those things off first. And when I say high consumer debt, I'm talking about interest rates between 10 and 20 plus percent. Any kind of debt like that is always, should always be your number one priority. Don't even think about investing or trying to save until you've got that squared away because the amount of money that you're paying in interest over time is absolutely ridiculous and you will never get out of that hole if you don't focus on that first. Any debt that's less than 10%, I'll talk about here in just a second, but I want to back up and say this one thing. I said, don't even think about investing or trying to save until you've got that debt squared away. I said trying to save because this is assuming that you have a very small emergency fund already. 
if you don't already have a very small emergency fund, you're going to want to focus on that first because when you have these small emergencies, that's what you're going to want to dip into so that you're not continuing to add more and more debt to your credit cards. For example, my husband and I just had to pay $300 to get his window fixed. Ridiculous. It was the motor. I don't even really know what happened, but we had to pay $300 to get his window to basically go back to being shut again. Last month, it was the air conditioning. The capacitor was out. Well, that was another $200-$250. If we didn't have an emergency fund, how would we be able to pay for those things? The answer is probably credit cards. But because we have that emergency fund set aside, we can dip into it to pay for those so that we're not having to either add to our credit card debt or get ourselves in credit card debt. And then we just make it our goal to pay off what we borrowed month after month until we get back to our original savings account balance. Okay. So if you don't even have a small emergency fund, please start there. And I know that that can be hard for some, but at least try to get $500 to $1,000 set aside. I probably will do a whole podcast episode on emergency funds later, but for now, make sure that you have a small emergency fund set aside so that you can stop putting those emergencies on credit cards. So when it comes to debt, here's our recap. High interest consumer debt. Always work on paying those things off until you contribute anything else to your emergency fund, a savings account, or your retirement. If you don't, you're going to be spending so much in interest that it's almost going to be a waste of time. Any consumer debt that's under 10%, you can always focus on paying off sooner if you like, but you don't have to because unfortunately right now interest rates are still very high. So if you have anything under 10%, that is pretty much considered normal right now, especially if you want to buy a home, interest rates for houses are terrible right now. And so If you have anything below 10%, that doesn't have to be your number one priority when it comes to paying off debt because your money can grow higher elsewhere than it will lose on that interest that you're paying. So for example, if you have a car note that has 2% interest, which some people can get like an introductory rate depending on where you bought your car, who you buy your car from. If you, if anybody has interest rates like that, go in and try to keep those as long as possible because, oh my goodness, that is unheard of right now. But let's say you have a car note that has a 2% interest rate and you are like, hmm, should I pay that off or should I think about investing my money? Well, right now you can invest your money in a high yield savings account for anywhere between four to 5%. You can invest it in the stock market, which on average has about a 7 to 10% interest growth over time. So it depends on personal preference. If you want to pay off that car note because it makes you feel better, go by all means, do it. If you see the value in investing your money where it can grow elsewhere in either that high yield savings account or in the stock market, do that right? Because the interest that your money is growing is higher than the interest that you're paying on your car note, your money is still growing over time. So that is my general rule of thumb. It doesn't, you don't have to do exactly that. It's up to you. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is saving and I've kind of touched on it, but I want to talk about it a little more in depth. Everybody should have an emergency fund. 
how much you have in that emergency fund really, really depends. And I think I talked about this and went further into debt, into debt. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Went further into depth. When you constantly are talking about debt, it is hard to decipher between debt and depth. There's a little funny for you. If you still have debt, it depends. I would say keep anywhere between $1,000 to $5,000 in your small emergency fund until you get your debt squared away and at a place that you want to be. If you don't have any debt, then I would work on having three to six months in your emergency fund. And that is because if you were to ever lose your job, if your spouse was to ever lose your job, whatever it may be, you've got three or six, three to six months to live and survive while you figure out your current job situation. And this is especially good for business owners, self-employed business owners, right? Because we are our own boss. We are the one that is in control of our money. We have to make sure that we have cushion in case we lose a client, in case we are our business, we lose our business tomorrow, right? We want to have three to six months in our savings and in our emergency fund to make sure that we can cover those costs while we try to get that client back that we lost. And I don't mean physically get the client you lost back, but replace that client, that income that you lost from that client, right? That having that three to six months in your savings account gives you time. Here's the common mistake I see people make when they have their three to six month emergency fund. And I wouldn't even call it a mistake. So that was really a poor choice of words because if you have three to six months of of savings as your emergency fund, hell yeah, good job. Like that is amazing, right? Learn from this and learn from what I'm about to say so that you can be better. I'm always, every single move I make in life, I reflect on it and I'm like, okay, could I have done that better? Could I have been smarter? Could I have been more strategic? I'm psycho. So I do that. Maybe you don't. (laughs) But here's a common thing I see when people have their three to six month emergency fund. And I'm guilty of it too. So this is why I say it's a mistake because I've made it and it drives me absolutely insane. Keeping that three to six month emergency fund in just a traditional savings account, right? I bank with Chase. They offer just so you know a regular savings account, right? Which is really no different, not really, from a checking account besides the fact that you're earning 0.1% interest. Oh, wow. 0.1% interest at the end of 12 months is like, I don't know, depending on how much money you have in there, $4. Oh, wow. That's a lot of money. Okay. So instead of doing that, right, I'm guilty of it. I've done that before. And I look back and I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, Megan, it's okay. You live and you learn, right? Instead, put that three to six months of emergency fund in a high yield savings account. And it's called high yield savings account because it can earn anywhere between three to 5% interest. And a high yield savings account is not putting your money in the stock market, right? It is guaranteed three to 5%, depending on what your rate is, over time. So you're not ever going to have to worry about losing that money, quote unquote. Whereas when you invest in stocks and such, you have the potential to lose money, right? So when you put that three to six month of emergency fund in a high yield savings account, you're going to earn anywhere between three to 5% interest over the course of a year, which is not $4. Like I said, a couple of minutes ago, it's anywhere between depending on how much you have in there, 
50, 100, $200 a year, which can be, I mean, that's not a whole lot of money, but at the end of the year, that's, you know, every little bit counts and it adds upon and adds upon and adds upon. And so the next year it will just continue to grow. So that is something to keep in mind. And this goes for business owners too, especially when you're saving for taxes, put that money in a high yield savings account. Needless to say, don't have thousands and thousands of dollars set in just a traditional savings account that your bank gives you with 0.1%, right? Find a high yield savings account where you can get three to 5% return on your money and it allows you to withdraw money whenever you need it. Just like a regular savings account, it just has a higher interest rate. Look and see if your bank offers one. If they don't, then Google high yield savings accounts and see if you can grab one and put your three to six emergency fund in there or any type of savings that you have, put it in there. For example, if you have a rental property, um, you are going to be setting aside extra money to pay for any type of expenses that may happen with this property, just like you would when you have when you own a home and you have an emergency fund for your home. Put that money in a savings account, a high yield savings account, so that you can get a return on your investment. And lastly, here is the thing. Don't have three to six months living expenses in a savings account, but then have thousands and thousands of dollars in credit card debt. Now, if you have a 0% interest credit card for X amount of months, I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about you have a credit card that you're paying anywhere between 15 to 20 plus percent on interest month after month. If you've got three to six months expenses set aside and you've got all of that debt, come talk to me, please. There is a smarter way to use and save your money. You're losing money faster than you're making money if you find yourself in that situation. So if that's you, come talk to me and let's see how I can help. And the last topic I want to talk about is investing. Now, I'm not a financial advisor by any means. So if you have a financial advisor and this section brings up a lot of questions, give them a call after and brainstorm with them your ideas and see what they say. I talk to my financial advisor all of the time and I am I love learning new things from him. I love learning how to manage my money better, how to invest my money better. So if you don't have one, get one. You don't have to have one either. You can do all of this investing on your own. I personally don't have the time or the energy to deal with it by myself. So I'd like having somebody that I can call that kind of handles it all for me. I do want to say this to start. And this is for anybody that has a traditional nine to five job. If you have a retirement through your work, please, please, please contribute up to the employer match. If they offer an an employer match, most of the time they do, unless you're a teacher, that's a joke. They um, don't offer any of those type of programs, but um, when, before I was a teacher, the job that the first job I ever had offered a 4013B retirement and they offered like two to 3% match and I could contribute one, 2%, whatever contribute as high as they will go because if they're going to contribute 5%, you contribute 5%. 
It's called an employer match and that's free money on the table if you don't take advantage of it, right? That's wasting money. So please, 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 if you have a retirement through your work and they offer an employer match or an employee match, whatever, please do it up to the match. That's free money. If you're self-employed like me now, then that's a whole different conversation and you don't have that option. But I'm going to talk through some things as we go along. Here's the truth, and this is everybody's opinion is different. There's never really a bad time to start investing your money because let's put it this way. Yes, if I have all of this credit card debt, but my employer offers, you know, an employer match and I have a retirement through them, should I not do that? And should I keep all of my money to myself so that I can work on paying that credit card debt? No, I don't think that's smart. Anytime that you can have money taken out of your check before it hits your bank account in the sense of it's going to savings, it's going to debt, whatever it is, before you see it, that is going to be so beneficial because at the end of the day, if you don't have it, you don't have it. And most of the time, people will try to live within their means. So if you know that you have access to 10 grand a month, you're going to probably try to spend 10 grand a month, right? But if you contribute to that employer match, if you put money in savings ahead of time and you get down to 5,000 a month, right? Then you're going to try to live within that 5,000. That's what I'm going to say about that. Now to continue on that topic, I will say if you have any high interest consumer debt, don't try to invest any extra, any extra into your retirement until all of it is squared away. It's truly counterintuitive at that point. So make sure that you are not contributing any extra to your retirements and your investments until you've got all of that high consumer debt paid off. So that 10 to 20 plus percent of credit cards or whatever it may be, get that paid off first. When you do get to the point that you're ready to invest, here are a few rules slash orders that you should follow. And people make graphics on this all the time. I know I've saved a million of these graphics I can try to make one myself and put it on my social media. Or if you Google this on Instagram, um, you will probably see the graphic that I'm talking about, but I'm going to verbalize it for you. So this is the part where you might want to take notes. Number one is always contribute to your employer's match if they have one. If they don't have one or if you don't have a W-2 job and they don't offer retirement, this does not pertain to you. Number two, if your company or your spouse's company offers an HSA. An HSA is a high yield savings account, which is different from a FSA. An FSA is a flexible spending account. An FSA and an HSA are very different, kind of. So Google FSA because I'm not super familiar with it. But if your company or your spouse's company offers an HSA, so a health savings account, which is the better of the two, in my opinion, take advantage of that. My husband, they offer him a health savings account and they contribute a certain amount and we are allowed to contribute a certain amount. And what it does is you get to put pre-taxed money in there which lowers your taxable income for the year. So you can spend HSA money on medical things. And when you get your account to a certain amount, you can then invest it. I don't know the exact number. I want to say it's a thousand to two thousand dollars. Once you hit that number in your health savings account, then you can then invest it and continue to earn and grow more money as time goes on. But make sure that you take advantage of the tax advantages of that and 
put as much money as y'all can afford into that account, especially if y'all have a lot of prescriptions that you pay for. If you go to the doctor often, my husband has had this whole medical bill saga because he went to the emergency room back in April and we've been using our HSA funds to pay for that, which it sucks that we have to pay for those things anyways. But I'm thankful that we do have the HSA account as an option to pay that money because we are saving tax money at the end of the year. So there's that. And then the third thing is Roth IRAs are great because you can put money in there post-tax and it grows tax-free when you go to take it out. And a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA are different. So again, if you want to see which one you should do, reach out to that financial advisor or if you need a referral on a financial advisor, I have tons of people that I could refer you to. And they would look at your situation as a whole and see which one would be best. And the last thing I'm going to say about investing is always a good time to invest in real estate. Real estate is such a good return on investment. So if you're contemplating, should we buy a home? Should we buy a rental home? Yes, yes, the return on investment is amazing, especially if you are renting and you haven't bought a home ever or you're not currently an owner of a home because of whatever circumstances. It is always a great time to buy. I can absolutely guarantee that. So never wait on real estate if you have the finances to purchase a home. Do it. There's no right or wrong way to do any of these three things. You will learn along the way, just like I did. The fact that you are even taking steps in any of these directions says and speaks wonders about you and how hard you are willing to work for the things that you want. So keep it up. I am so proud of you. This is simply what my expertise, knowledge, and experience says and what I have learned and found to be most helpful. We, as in our family, have always invested and saved since day one. I wish we could say that we did everything in this exact specific order and that you should go and replicate it to a T, but I can't because my situation is different than your situation and I maybe wouldn't have done it the exact same way if I was if I had to go back in time and do it again. I have simply learned as I went, um, but I can say I've always invested and I have always had a savings account from day one, and that has been beneficial for my husband and I. But the main thing is if you're spending more than you're making, then you're never going to be able to dig yourself out of a hole and get yourself in the positive, whether that positive be building your savings account or investing for your future. So start small. Everybody has to start somewhere. And the number one thing that you can do is getting your spending lower than what you are making so that it frees up money and gives you the opportunity to invest, to save, to pay off debt. Start small and start chipping away at your goals little by little. You have got this 
And if you don't, then I'm here to help you. (laughs) Don't forget, you can book a free 15-minute clarity call and see which one of my programs and services would be most beneficial and to see if you and I would be a good fit working together. Let's sit down and chat. It's been so great talking about this. Hopefully you learned a thing or two and make sure to go check out previous podcast episodes where I talk more in depth about saving and more about debt repayment strategies and even be on the lookout for a financial advisor coming to be a guest on the podcast very, very soon. Until then, I will see you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Debt-Free CEO Podcast. Make sure you leave us a review and check us out on meganmendez.com. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at meganmendez underscore underscore. In the meantime, happy budgeting. See you next time.